Welcome to the Energetically You podcast, where we will be talking about healthy habits, abundant mindset, and optimal wellness. I'm your host, Megan Swan, creator of the Sustainable Integrated Wellness Approach. At 30, I sold everything and went on my own eat, pray, love journey, if you will. And now, at 41, I'm still on my first stop here in Mexico loving life, and feeling more energy than ever before. This podcast is for ambitious women who are looking to level up their energy so that they feel happier and more productive throughout their day in all of their projects and passions. Inside, we are going to be talking about ways to truly tune in to our minds and bodies in new ways to leverage our natural energy sources. So let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. Today I wanted to speak on the topic of sugar addiction, a topic that is very close to my heart and I know a huge issue for many of us. Some of the points I'm going to touch on today are why are we so addicted to sugar? Where are we eating sugar that we probably aren't even aware of? Why is it so important to read labels and what to look out for? What is it doing exactly to our bodies and our emotions? Why is sugar so emotional? Why do you get such strong sugar cravings and what they might be telling you and how to overcome a sugar addiction in five steps. I won't say that they're easy steps because it is an addiction. I like to have a sustainable, gradual approach to things so that it ultimately is something that you can maintain, that we can maintain. So I will go over that and I'll share one of my favorite sugar-free cookie recipes at the end of the show. So let's dive in. Why are we so addicted to sugar? Well, back in the 80s, I believe, there were numerous scientific studies that demonstrated that rats, for example, would repeatedly choose sugar over heroin. To give you an idea of really how it is a drug and that's how it operates in the body, it tunes tunes in, it impacts our dopamine system and it is a toxin that we are physically addicted to. So that's one important element. The other, and I would argue potentially even more important element is the way that we are so emotionally attached to sugar. So why is sugar so emotional? Well, it's really important that you take a little time to sit down and reflect on what is the nature of your relationship with sugar? What is the history? What was it like when you were growing up? Because Uh, In general, most of us were rewarded with sugar. We were offered sugar when we were feeling sad. We were celebrated with sugar pretty much every major holiday, birthdays, Valentine's Day. Everything involves sugar. 
And so there is this strong emotional connection that we have to this substance. And it is extremely important that you don't just brush that off. And I say that because when you're trying to make a shift, change a habit, it is really important that you are in tune to all the cues in your life, all the things that trigger your addiction or your craving that you may not be aware of because the first step in changing a habit is bringing awareness to the current habit that you want to change. So that is why I think it is extremely helpful if you just take a afternoon, 20 minutes one day and journal uh, because it's more powerful to write things down in terms of bringing them to your awareness What do you remember as a child about sugar? I'm sure you have some very specific memories of times when consuming sugar was a comfort um, or just a habit that you associate with something really positive, um, not even positive, but emotional in your life. So that's one thing I can recommend as uh, an important part of bringing your sugar addiction more to your awareness. From there, I wanted to discuss a little bit about all the hidden places that sugar exists in our world. So sometimes my clients say to me, oh, but I don't eat sweets or I don't like sugary anything. I don't put sugar in my coffee. Like I don't really eat sugar. And then I will start to ask, okay, well, give me a breakdown of what you eat in a week. And inevitably, there are at least seven meals a week where they're having some sort of processed food or their go-to processed snack, even if the processed snack is a salty, um, you know, like a bag of chips. Many of these salty snacks have sugar on the ingredient list. So a really quick five rules of thumb on reading ingredients to help um, bring your attention to how much sugar you are consuming and places where you may be getting it that you're unaware of. Number one, sugar, the, the list of ingredients are in order of percentage in the product. So if sugar is in the top five ingredients in the product, then it's probably something you want to avoid. Two, you can look on the front of the product and it'll have a breakdown of the percentage of 100 grams that are made up of sugar. And this should be less than 15, ideally even less than 10. Um, Something like, you know, a chocolate bar that you buy at the corner store might be even over 100%. And how that exactly works, I'm not sure. But uh, There might be products that you're consuming on a daily basis um, or quite often that are even 40% sugar. So bring that percentage on the front of the product to your attention. And then number two, be highly aware of all the ways that uh, product lists hide the fact that it's sugar. So anything that ends in all is a sugar alcohol. You know, anything that ends in OL is like sorbitol is an alcohol, it's a processed sugar. Um, Obviously, you understand when it says sugar, but sometimes it'll say cane sugar that sounds arguably more healthy, but at the end of the day, it comes down to what percentage of the product is sugar. You want to be aware of how much you are consuming before you're going to be able to shift that and lower your tolerance at the end of the day. 
From there, I would entirely avoid high fructose corn syrups. That's number four on reading labels. Avoid high fructose corn syrup. It is a processed sweetener that is highly addictive and also not really well processed in the body and also gives you um it's just increasing your tolerance dramatically because it is much sweeter than sugar this is why one of the reasons that people in the the companies in the processed food industry rely on it or became so popular as a substitute for sugar is because it is a fraction of the cost of sugar and makes it uh, dramatically sweeter. So they need less of it at that. And lastly, just um, be sure that you're reading labels on everything. For example, uh, one of the big box stores that I sometimes go to, maybe twice a year, uh, used to buy pistachios and it was quote unquote, salt and pepper pistachios. And my kids loved them. And then one day I thought, maybe there's more to this than salt and pepper and pistachios. And sure enough, the second ingredient was sugar. So you can imagine how much more salt or sodium they need to add to the product. So it at the end of the day, tastes salt and peppery. But the point is, the processed food industry has a concept called the bliss point, where they know there's the perfect balance between sugar, salt, and fat in a given product that makes it hit that bliss point uh, for us users or consumers or humans, right? So be aware of that everything is a potential culprit of containing sugar. I know another good example that surprised me um, here at our local superstore not superstore, supermarket. I don't have superstore here. Um, it was uh, surprising to me that bacon, some of the list of ingredients contain sugar. Of course, it seems maybe more obvious like a maple bacon or something, but there was this was just like a normal bacon. And it was... It's always possible to find an alternative, usually even in the same store. It just takes a few minutes, the first couple times that you really start reading labels, to get to know which brands are the ones that are not containing sugar, or at least the lowest percentage of sugar. So now um, I don't really eat bacon that often, but when I do buy it, I definitely check the label and make sure it doesn't have uh, added sugar to it. There's no need, it should have you know, pork, sodium, maybe some sort of preservative, and you that's all that needs to contain, correct? So what is it doing to our bodies? Well, that really depends on the person. We're so uh, individualized in how things affect us, but um, I think at a very basic level, it is probably affecting you physically and emotionally much more than you are aware of. This is one reason I highly recommend that you detox sugar at least once, if not seasonal, once a year, if not seasonally, uh, just to get a better idea of your tolerance and how it is affecting your body. Because until you completely remove it from your system, it's very difficult to see uh, how high your tolerance is and ultimately when you reintroduce it into your system, it is a blatant, clear message as to how 
it's affecting you. Like maybe it's giving you a headache. Maybe it's giving you a stomach ache. Maybe it's um, dramatically affecting your mood for the better in the moment, but then you have this harsh crash and you have uh, explosive anger issues, rage, all these things can be really as simple as the level of sugar that you're consuming. And um, along with that, sugar cravings, super common. I mean, I feel like we have this divide between people that crave sugar and people that crave salt, but I'll bring you back to the point where the uh, processed food industry is extremely aware of this. And so lots of people who are addicted to quote unquote salty snacks are consuming something that contains salt and sugar and vice versa. So um, salt and sugar are really used just to make things taste better. And to what degree you associate it as being sweet is really not necessarily a good indicator. You really need to read the labels there. But back to sugar cravings. Sugar cravings could actually be telling you something completely different about your body. It could be you're just thirsty. Oftentimes we just jump to whatever happens to be in our mind that we're, we're craving as uh, or that we've seen on social media, um, you know, th- that we have heard someone else talking about or, or, or someone in our house is already consuming. But oftentimes we're not hungry at all and we're not specifically craving sugar, we're just thirsty. So that's a good, um, easy fix. Have a glass of water and then still see how much you're craving that thing, the sh- sweet thing. From there, consider what um, vitamins or minerals your body might be missing. So let's say you eat a breakfast cereal, boxed breakfast cereal every morning. Well, your body has adapted to understand that that's the best source of zinc that you're offering up. The only source of zinc that you're offering up in your diet is this added zinc in the box cereal. At the same time, the box cereal is full of chock full of a bunch of other things you really do not need in your system and definitely has some sort of added sweetener if it isn't sugar. And So you're craving that thing that is sweet, but really that's your body's intelligence just saying, no, no, we need more of that product because we are not getting enough of our our daily zinc intake. It's a random example, but uh, I think it's a good one because most people often like wake up craving like what they have always been eating for breakfast. And that's a really important shift. I would argue it starts with your toothpaste even Oftentimes, the first thing in our mouth every day, you brush your teeth with toothpaste that is very sweet. I recommend that you switch to a toothpaste that is not sweet. It's one that's more baking soda. Um, I really like activated carbon um, or, you know, just a more natural toothpaste that is not extremely sweet. So the first thing on your palate is sweetness. It should be a neutral um, flavor. So from there... Let's quickly chat about how I would recommend you overcome a sugar addiction. Again, I don't think it's an easy thing. I will be totally transparent. Um, I stopped, no, I, I quit sugar two years ago now for about six months and um, gradually brought it back into my life and not at all to the degree, like I pretty much never like maybe once a month I consume at an event you know something that has just regular refined sugar in it 
Um, I definitely have lots of sweetness in my life, but it gravitates around fresh fruit and dates. Um, I do use sparingly a raw honey and maple syrup. I think those are great go-tos when you want to sweeten up your oatmeal or, you know, in your pancakes. But um, I'll get into that in a minute. I think the first really important point, I'm going to give you five ways to overcome or five steps, really five steps to overcoming a sugar addiction. So number one is track what you are eating and read the labels. So I already gave you a bunch of tips on how to read the labels or what to focus on because you need to bring your awareness to the problem. You need to be highly aware of what are you actually consuming when, what are your patterns uh, before you can change. You can't, you can't change something you're not tracking and extremely aware of. So bring your awareness to the problem. Number two, slowly shift to healthier options such as fruit for dessert or coconut sugar in your coffee. And if you are having sugar in your coffee, half the amount, but gradually over time. Then look at things like honey or maple syrup as something you're drizzling over your your pancakes or your toast, um, not having a tablespoon or you know a fourth of a cup of syrup on your pancakes. This is lowering your tolerance over time, which is step number two. Number three, I would highly recommend, like I mentioned before, doing a detox. This gives you a really clear picture of how it's acting, how it's affecting you physically, emotionally, I would even argue spiritually. And it gives you a real clear picture very fast. Even if you do a three-day detox, you can get some really valuable information and a really clear picture when you bring sugar back into your life so that you're convinced. And um, like I said, it doesn't just happen. You do a detox and you're convinced that you need less sugar. It's addictive, right? It's a You're physically and emotionally addicted to it, so it's not something that's going to be easy to change. You need to do a couple detoxes. You know, it's I would give yourself a six-month or a one-year timeline to try and cut down the amount of sugar that you're consuming because there's so many aspects, right? So first get used to reading labels and tracking, really be aware of where it is in your diet. Second, lowering your tolerance over time. Third, now you're ready for a detox, do some like serious detox. So you get like a very clear picture quickly of how it's affecting your body when you bring it back into the mix. Number four, with this greater awareness and now lower tolerance, you're going to find a new healthy balance that works for you. So here I recommend that you become extremely conscious of your behavior while you're eating it, but more specifically 15 minutes after you've consumed something sweet or sugary, or not even sweet or sugary, something that contains sugar, alcohol also contains sugar, right? That's how it operates on the body. And um, so be really aware of your mood on how you physically feel when you do consume something that is sugar and your mood for me that was the more fascinating thing like at the end of the day um you know a lot of us approach this from a health quote-unquote health standpoint but i think it delves way more into the world of what i think of as wellness meaning your emotional and spiritual well-being you might be surprised how much your negative thought patterns are totally tied directly to when you're consuming 
sugar. So uh, be more conscious about your behavior during and after consuming sugar to reinforce that you feel better and more in control of your emotions when you eat less sugar. From there, number five, fifth step, cues to help you shift this habit. We are extremely habit-driven animals. I mean, all habit, all animals are driven by habits and we rely on cues in our environment. So the more that you can shift these cues, the more you're helping, supporting yourself in shifting these habits. So some quick cues that you can shift in your own home or kitchen. Buy a really big giant bowl and always have it full of fresh fruit, colorful, ready to eat, disinfected on the counter so that it's the first thing that you see when you go into the kitchen. Have some fresh berries in the fridge. Again, ideally ready to eat. So if you're opening the fridge, one of the first things you see is this bowl of delicious blackberries or blueberries or raspberries and you have a few of those before you um, decide what else you maybe want to eat. Frozen fruit. I would stock up. Have tons of frozen fruit, frozen berries, frozen mango, frozen, um, what else? Strawberries, uh, pineapple maybe. All those things in your freezer so that in the morning when you... I always pull out like a little, let's say a cup of frozen berries. If I don't have fresh berries in the fridge, I pull out a cup of frozen berries. I put it out on the counter and usually by midday they've been picked at and gone. If they're not, I then put it in the fridge and I, uh, that's sort of like my pick you up. I have like a Earl Grey tea or a chai tea in the afternoon with a whole bowl of berries. It's so amazing. I love it. From there, I love frozen grapes. Do you know what amazing dessert frozen grapes are? Literally just wash them and take them off the vine and put them in the freezer. And then that's like an amazing, easy go-to snack that is sweet, but it is fructose and it is full of water and fiber and nutrients. Therefore, your body can process it um, much more effectively and get a lot more benefit out of anything refined or processed. So last little thing I wanted to share one of my favorite cookie recipes. You normally make it with tahini, but I've also made it with almond butter. It's delicious either way. It's super basic. So just two cups of rolled oats, one cup of tahini or almond butter. You could use peanut butter, but, um, Tahini is kind of more bang for your buck in terms of the calcium and the overall um, nutrients that you're getting out of it. It's less inflammatory to your system than peanut butter. And one cup of pitted dates. So from there, you just blitz it all in the food processor. You could really do it by hand if you really want needed, to, like you don't have a food presser, you could just really mash up those dates and do it all by hand. But um, it's, you know, one minute in the food processor and done. Roll them into little balls and pr- gently press them down on a grease cookie sheet. You're going to pop it in the oven at 175 Celsius or 325 Fahrenheit until just slightly browned uh, for 10 or 20, sorry, 10 or 12 minutes. I usually find that 10 minutes is not enough where I live. And then you remove it from the oven, allow them to cool and enjoy. They are, I would say, addictive, but packed full of fiber, 
nutrients, minerals, and just deliciousness. So I'll leave you with that. My uh, quick overview of sugar addiction and how you can reframe it for yourself and work to overcome it so you feel more in control of your health and wellness. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Energetically You. I hope that this episode has helped you to tune into your natural energy sources so that you feel more energized and focused throughout your day. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to help more ambitious women just like you accomplish their goals. Don't forget to take a screenshot, share it on social, or in your Instagram stories and tag me at Megan Swan Wellness. See you soon.